0: Last week we were in Acts 19. I tell you what, can you imagine the early church as, you know, fire fell down from heaven upon them and engulfed them and the, the, the Holy Spirit just filled that place. I would say that's just a tidbit of it, you know, of, of worship on a Sunday morning or our individual time of worship. Last week we finished up Acts 19 and we saw like everywhere that Paul went, Paul was faced with opposition People who didn't like him, they didn't like the gospel, they didn't like what he was sharing, and uh, so he, he was confronted. We saw that last week, and they were all up in arms because people were turning from idolism to the, the worship of God, amen? They were, they were turning from their idols to God, and, and people didn't like that, right? They were all up in arms, and we learned last week that a lot of the crowd that was up in arms really didn't know why they were upset. They were just upset because other people were upset, and sometimes as people, we follow the crowd instead of lead the crowd, Right? And they followed the crowd and they didn't know why they were following him. They were just doing it because they had no, no purpose. They were just going with the flow. But later on in Acts 19, uh, we, we, we see that the, the legal battle that was uh, ra- waged against Paul and his companions were, were, was, was released, right? They, they, they let it go, they dismissed it. The crowd went back home, and we move on to Acts chapter 20. And we see after the uproar uh, died down, Paul left to Ephesus, he went to Macedonia. And then from Macedonia, he went down to Greece. He was going to make, make his way back to Syria, where he started it all, right? This is his third missionary journey. He found out that there was a plot of Jews. Uh, Jews had some pl- uh, a plot to kill Paul. And so what he said was, I'm not going to go down uh, uh, to Greece. So he decided to go down, I'm sorry, to Syria. So he decided to go down to Macedonia, back to Macedonia. And from Macedonia, him and his companions went, and they went to their final uh, uh, area of troas or fi- the final visit to troas it's an interesting text that we'll see this morning and some of us are aware of it and some of us are not but i believe it's a text that is a warning to us definitely as believers but i believe it's a warning to also the non-believers in our text this morning we're going to see an event that literally happened and then we can figuratively apply it to our lives See, the bible is literal and it's uh, figuratively speaking, right? When, when, when Jesus says, you know, if the eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. He's not telling you to self-mutilate. He's saying, cut it off, right? It's a figuratively, not literally, right? Some people take it as literal. It's not literal. It's figuratively. Today, we're seeing a literal, literal story, and we need to apply it figuratively to our lives. Have you, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 20, verse 7. We'll read our text this morning. It says, on the first day of the week, we gathered With the local believers to share in the Lord's Supper, Paul was preaching to them. And since he was leaving the next day, he kept talking until midnight. The upstairs room where we met was lighted with many flickering lamps. As Paul spoke on and on, a young man named Eutychus, someone say Eutychus. Eutychus, Eutychus, sitting on the windowsill, became very drowsy. Finally, he fell sound asleep and dropped three stories to his death below Paul went down, bent over him, took him to his into his arms. Don't worry," he said, "he's alive." Then they all went back upstairs, shared in the Lord's supper, and ate together. Paul continued talking to them until dawn, and then he left. Meanwhile, the young man was taken home unhurt, and everyone was greatly relieved. See that they were talking about the first day of the week. What is the first day of the week? It is what. Sunday, right? You look at your calendar, it's Sunday through Saturday. Sometimes we think Monday is the first day of your week. Monday is the first day of your work week, right? Sunday is the first day of the week. It's the Lord's Day, right? And what, they were, what were they doing? They were coming together to do what? To have church, right? This is the early church. Early church did what? They had church, right? Right? I mean, it's a no-brainer. That's what the early church did. That's what they called the early church because they had church, right? Early, right? <laughs> they were coming together as a church, the first day of the week is, is Sunday. It's when they came together, they fellowshiped, they worshiped, they broke bread, and they shared in the Lord's Supper. What's the Lord's Supper? It's communion, right? It's, it's communion. It was their custom to come together, break bread, and share in the Lord's Supper. We see that Paul had little time, right, because he was going back to Syria. He had little time left, and so he, he was leaving the very next day, and so Paul continued to talk all the way to midnight. Paul uses every single minute he could use. Verse 9 says he, he went on and on, right? That means that he didn't stop talking. Sometimes they, people want to tell the preacher, shut up already, right? He kept on talking and talking and talking all the way through, the next day. There was a young man named Eutychus. We don't know anything much about Eutychus. We don't know his, his, his age, but we do know how life can get. Life can get busy, right? Life can get cluster, uh, cluttered. And I imagine this was a long day for this young man. And as night continues to come on, it, it becomes hard to stay awake, especially for children. It's hard to stay awake as adults, but especially for Children, right? Church goes on, the eyelids get tired, the bum gets numb, right? It just it, We get tired, right? This morning, as, as many have preached on, they've, they've talked about the dangers of falling asleep in church. I'm not going to be talking about that, right? right? This morning, I want us to see Eutychus situation that happened literally and apply it figuratively to our lives. There's three truths I want us to see this morning that God has impressed upon my heart. For us to see the first one is found going back in verse 9 it says as Paul spoke on and on a young man named Eutychus sitting on the windowsill became very drowsy he became what drowsy right the first truth I want us to see this morning is he became careless careless to warning for us not to become careless. As the evening was approaching, right? As, the, as, as as midnight was approaching, Eutychus decided the best spot he could find in the house was sitting on a windowsill on the third story of the house. That was his best spot he could find. I imagine this probably wasn't the only spot. There was probably several other spots that he could choose from, but it's the one that he chose. It's the one that he picked. It was a good idea to sit on the windowsill as he became droggy. Imagine it was a nice spot. I imagine, you know, it was a a cool breeze evening, right? We all love those cool breeze evenings. We open up the doors in our own homes and and, and get that nice little cool breeze, right, as long as it's under 75 or 80, right, in the evening time. And we like that cool nightly breeze. But we also know that this was probably the most dangerous spot in his entire house to fall asleep on when you think about it. Windows in those days weren't like windows in our days. They didn't have screens. They didn't have screens and what screens do today is what? They protect things from coming in. We always think about bugs and things like that, but screens also protect things from going out, right? When, sitting in window still might not be a big, a big deal in, in 2021, but it was in Eutychus' day. The screens protect us. There was no screens. Nothing was stopping Eutychus from sitting on the windowsill, falling asleep, and dying three stories down, right? His death. How many of us would sit on the windowsill knowing that you're a little drowsy, right? Knowing that there's no protection between you and three stories of asphalt, dirt, whatever, concrete, whatever it may be. It, it, it's not a pool. It's not a trampoline. You're, you're, you're going to have some serious injury, if not death, from falling three stories out a window, when you think about it, right? How many of us would sit in a windowsill knowing we're a little drowsy? The entire placement of Eutychus was a careless choice. The moment that he sat down at that windowsill, he placed himself himself in a dangerous position. No one placed him there. His parents didn't say this is a good idea sit here. In fact, he probably said the opposite. We don't know right? But we can guarantee you someone didn't say, hey, Eutychus, I know you're a little tired. Go sit next to the windowsill, right? With no, no, no support, right? It's a dumb idea. It's stupid when you think about it, right? But there are times in our lives where we become careless just like Eutychus. No one puts us in that own position other than who? Me, ourselves, right? You, right? I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about us. We put ourselves in compromising situations, right? We put ourselves in careless situations, and there are our own careless choices, and there are our own careless decisions. How many times do we put our life in a careless situation? Let me tell you, it may not impact you at the moment, right? Being careless may not impact you at that particular time, but your carelessness can also actually lead to death just like it did a eutychus right how many times do we become a eutychus or how many times are we a eutychus we become that person who thinks we know best for me right We're that person who thinks that we know what's best for me and I don't have to listen to anybody else and I don't have to listen to God because Dennis knows best for Dennis. We want to do our own thing, live our own life, live however we want to live. And what happens is we become careless and we end up making bad choices and we end up like who? A Eutychus, right? He never once thought thought that sleeping in the windowsill would result in death. Never once thought that that was a bad ideal, but the same goes for us. See, we don't think, we don't think uh, that, that one sin would hinder us, right? We don't think well, it's just that one little sin. No matter how big or small sin is, let me tell you, it's still sin. And the thing is, we try to justify our sin, but sin is unjustifiable, you can't justify sin, right? We, don't, we didn't think that one little decision would become a careless one. We never meant it to be. We had a good, we, we, you know, just like kiss. He, he had a good spot. He wanted to heal, hear Paul. He wanted to enjoy the nightly breeze. It was a great spot, but it was a careless spot. We ended up becoming careless and making bad choices, and we don't even realize it until it costs us something down the road. It all starts with carelessness. Many of us are, are Eutychuses, and we don't even realize we place ourselves in dangerous situations that will eventually lead to death, and I'm not talking about our physical bodies, right? It could possibly lead to death physically, but I'm talking about us spiritually, right? It can lead us, careless decisions today might lead us physical death, but like, like, like Eutychus, but you know what? It may cause us spiritual death. Being careless, you're eventually going to fall. Let me tell you, you can't be careless and succeed. It doesn't work, right? You can't be careless in anything and succeed. You cannot be careless and live a life without sin because we're gonna live our life as we live our life, and sin's gonna come because we are careless with it. You cannot be careless and make it to heaven. It doesn't work, right? We have to be intentional with our walk with God. We have to be intentional on the things we do because walking around the world carelessly, you're going to run into some trouble, right? It's purpose. It's intentionality. Look at Galatians 6, 7 through 9. It says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant, right? Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. Verse 9 says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. We love we love quoting that verse, but we don't like quoting that 7 and 8, right? Let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest, of blessing, if we don't give up. The one who lives... Carelessly, for the sinful nature will harvest what? Death and decay. You're going to reap what you sow, whether it be godly or ungodly. We're going to reap what we sow. Amen? Bible is clear. Carelessness will lead to sinfulness, and our sinful nature will only what? Lead to a harvest of what? Death and what? Decay. But a harvest of blessing, right? We all want a harvest of blessing it comes to those who do right, who live with the purpose of what? Pleasing God. We want a harvest of blessing, but we want to wander around carelessly through this life. Paul saying you cannot live carelessly and reap a harvest of blessing. It doesn't work, right? 1 plus 1 is 2, regardless of how you want to slice it, right? You can't change numbers. You can't change the word of God. It is what it is. And we, and we cannot live life carelessly and reap a harvest of blessing. does not work. Verse 9, going back, it says this again. As Paul spoke on and on, a young man named Eutychus, sitting on the windowsill, became very drowsy, right? So he's sitting there. He becomes drowsy. So finally he fell asleep. He dropped three stories to his death below second thing i want us to see is he fell asleep even while participating in church now follow along with me in this one okay paul preached a very long message a very long sermon and we know from verse 11 that he wasn't even close to being done because verse eleven says that right. We, we was approaching midnight, and verse 11, verse eleven said he kept on talking till dawn. Right? It was another six more hours. The man get, get the preaching. Right? See, for most of us, we would find ourselves in a place of Utica, and I don't blame you. I get tired. Right? We get weary. Right? We would fall asleep. We would left already. We had something. You know, get, the, get get to bed. Let the dog out. Do something. Right? And go home. Right? At one point. Eutychus had the right heart. At one point, he decided to listen to Paul. He wanted to hear the gospel because if he didn't want to hear the gospel, he would never have been in that house, right? He he wanted to do the right thing. He wanted to listen to the gospel. He wanted to hear it. But somewhere in the process, he became carelessly sleepy, right? Which eventually led to his what? His death. Let me tell you you this this morning is he was physically sleepy, but some of us are spiritually sleepy, right? Some of us are spiritually sleepy or sleeping, not even sleepy, sleeping. Some of us are in church. Some of us have been faithfully coming to church week in, week out. Some of us haven't seen the church in a year and a half right? Some of us tune us in online. Some of us don't tune us in online, right? It's not about when you're coming and when you're going and when you're here and when you're not. What it's about is this. It's about staying awake. It's not about being spiritually sleepy, right? You can come to church just like Eutychus and still be spiritually asleep. It's what Satan wants. Satan wants a church that's spiritually asleep, right? Satan wants people who are spiritually asleep asleep he wants you asleep on the things of god he wants you to believe that coming to church makes you a christian but it's not it's a walk of 24 7 to live out your god-given mention whether you're in the building of the church or whether you're outside of the church the building doesn't make the church the people make the church we make the church and we carry the church amen it's called being asleep spiritually even though eutychus was in the church Does not mean he was spiritually awake he fell asleep physically and spiritually and he was in the church he was in the church that's a warning for us today going to church doesn't make you a christian just like going to a garage doesn't make you a car right this doesn't happen you can zoom zoom all you want in that garage but guess what you're still a man or a woman right there's only two right? A man or a woman. Whatever you want to identify with, you, you, you are who you are. Amen, right? That's who God has chosen you. I keep going, but First Peter 5, 8 through 9. Let me stay on topic here. Out of the message says, keep a cool head. Someone said, keep a cool head, right? Right, that, that, that's a great Bible verse all by itself. Keep a cool head. I know some kids, that I can say that too. Stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and will like nothing better than to catch you, what? Napping. Keep your guard up. You're not the only ones plunged into these hard times. It's the same with Christians all over the world, so keep firm grip on the faith. Peter's telling the church, he says, don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep. Sleep. we must stay on guard church because when we become careless when we become off guard that is when we are more open to satan's attacks is when we are off guard than on guard let me tell you satan doesn't come and attack you when you're awake right? he doesn't come and attack you when you're ready to fight He attacks you when you're slumbering. He attacks you when you're napping. He attacks you when you're complacent, right? When you're complacent. He attacks you when you're careless. He attacks you when you're off guard. The man doesn't fight fear. fear. He sneaks attacks you when you least expect it. That's why we have to stay awake, church, and wake up from our slumber. Amen? cannot happen when you're awake, when you're on your guard, when you are aware. They're saying in the world today about being woke, right? Woke culture, right? You got to stay woke, right? Right? Woke, that's a, good, that's a good word, woke, right? All of us heard that. Although I was talking to Nathania a few weeks ago, and she's like, I don't know what that means. So let me give you a lesson what woke means, right? Someone who is woke is enlightened about a particular situation, right? They're woke, right? They're enlightened. You know what woke is? Woke, if you actually, do, if you look at woke in the dictionary, it's the past tense of woke wake right you were you know awakened now you are are awoken right you're you're woke you're up you're alive now wake means this emerge or cause to emerge from the state of sleep it means to stop sleeping when you are awake it's time for the church to become awake and become woke right become awakened amen it's not just the body of the church it's the members of the church like i said earlier it's each and every one of us to be awakened and spiritually not the physically The, the the world wants you to become woken with the physical but we are walking in the spiritual amen that's where we need to come awake at right it's in the spiritual because we don't fight our battles in the flesh we buy, we fight it right with principalities and spirit of the darkness right we come awaken and that's how we fight our battles amen we all have experienced a part of our physical body that was asleep right right you ever wake up and feel your hand right numb right the rest of you are as awake right but but your 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 foot or your hand or your arm is asleep and guess what? That hurts. It hurts. And the rest of the body, right? Father-in-law's back there, he's like, I know that pain, right? <laughs> and, the rest of your body is awakened right but what is the focus on it's a focus on the part of the body that is not awakened that is still sleeping we need to have the parts of the body that are asleep to be totally awakened we need to have the parts of the body right to be woken up right woke wake whatever you want to call it it's time church because carelessness leads to falling asleep which leads to death now i'm not talking about a physical death i'm talking about an eternal death in hell if we do not awaken amen falling asleep might lead you to your own spiritual death but you know what it's not just your spiritual death sometimes we focus around what's me right well if i do i don't care it may not affect everybody else but let me tell you what we do impacts the world around us amen so it's not just me right we impact souls Spiritual death can lead to the spiritual death of others. And Jesus warns, look what Jesus warns us in Luke 17, 1 through 3. He says, one day Jesus said to his disciples, there will always be temptation to sin, but what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting. It would be better to be thrown into the sea with a millstone hung around your neck than to cause one of these little ones to fall into sin. So watch yourself. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. Then, Then if there is repentance, forgive. It's a large weight to carry, but it's not just me. Right? Just not you. It's those that we come in contact with. That's why it's important to stay awake, to stay connected, to stay focused on the things of God because it's easy for us to fall asleep in church. It's easy for us to fall asleep in the Spirit. Ephesians 5.14 says, For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you lights." It's time to wake up from our slumber time to wake up from our napping right it's time to rise up from those dead areas of our life it's time to become alive in christ and allow him to be a light in and through our lives verse 10 and 11 i get some more water i'm sorry took a tree down the backyard and i am i think i didn't drink enough water yesterday Verse 10, says this. Paul went down, bent over him, took him into his arms. Don't worry, he said, he's alive. Then they all went back upstairs, shared in the Lord's Supper, and ate together. Paul continued talking to them until dawn, and then he left. The third thing I want us to see is he died. Someone say, but God he died but God right but God brought him back this young man fell he died he died and he was brought back to life see some of us have gone through some hard times some of us are going through some hard times so, I mean, you might you might be getting close to fall asleep or you might have already fallen asleep spiritually it doesn't matter what has happened in your life it doesn't matter what is going on in your life it doesn't matter what's going to happen in your life because of but god amen but god god gives life and god gives takes it away amen He can take you from the verge of eternal death. He can break you from your sinful ways. He can restore your life. He can do it for this young man named Eutychus. Guess what he can do it for? He can do it for you and for me. Amen? Amen. You have never gone too far for God to raise you back to life just like he did to Eutychus. See, we must remember something here. This is interesting. Verse 9 says the boy was dead. He was what? He was dead, right? Someone say dead. So we get we get the context of it. He was dead, right? We must remember who declared this boy dead. Okay? Who's the one writing Acts? Luke, right? Luke is writing Acts. Luke was there for this event he was a first-hand witness this wasn't something he learned from paul right he was first-hand witness back in verse 7 it says we gather which means that what paul and luke and others were there because if luke wasn't there it would have been paul and whoever else was there right he didn't say that he said we gathered which means luke was there and this is big because who is luke luke is what doctor amen luke is a doctor right verse 9 the doctor luke said this boy is dead that's what the doctor said because he wrote it in acts chapter 20 right the physician said this boy was no longer alive the physician said this boy is dead but paul who's not a physician declared that this young man was alive because paul wasn't speaking to his current state god was speaking uh, paul was speaking to what god saw in the young man and he saw life and the young man and notice what paul did in verse 10 says he bent down he meets his young man right where he was paul then takes his young man into his arms And he didn't chastise him. He didn't point out his failures. He didn't point out that he was making a poor mistake sitting next to the the windowsill that, that caused him to fall down to his death. He didn't point out none of that. He took the young man into his arms and he raised him back to life. God is saying today, no matter what has happened, no matter where you are at, he is able to raise you back to life. Amen? Mike, if you can pass out communion here. We can hold on to our elements as he passes these out. Let me tell you this morning, God is able. Right? Someone say, God is able. God is able. Whatever excuse you have is conquered with these two words, but God. Amen? I'm a sinner, but God sent Jesus Christ to die on your behalf. Right? Right? I'm in a bad situation. Okay, I don't know your situation, but I know my God, and I can say, but God, right? Right? I don't know. You don't know my past. All I'm going to tell you is I don't know your past, but I do know my God, and I'm going to tell you what? But God, come on, I need a little help in here, right? But God, amen, he's able to restore what the enemy has stolen. He is able to give life back to you, not your old life back. Sometimes we want to say, well, God's going to give me life back, right? He's going to give me my old life back. No, 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 no. God gives new life back, right? He doesn't give your old life back. He gives you a new life, a fresh start. That's what he gives, right? He doesn't give you your old things back. He gives you new things back. Let me tell you, he's able to revive the dead parts of your life. But the thing is, is he is waiting for you with open arms, just like Paul was opening his arms to Eutychus. He's waiting for you. If God raised Eutychus from the depths of death, he can do the same in whose life? Mine and yours. Amen? But it's time to do what, church? It's time to what? Wake up. Amen? God provided us with this literal story as a warning for us. It's time to wake up. It's time to heed the warning. It's time to stop messing around and playing church and live church out. Verse seven, this is the people gathered, right? They gathered. Back in verse seven, they gathered to do what? They gathered to have fellowship and they gathered to share in the Lord's supper, right? That's why they were there. They gathered for the Lord's supper. But notice this. They didn't celebrate the Lord's Supper without Eutychus. They didn't celebrate the Lord's Supper without Eutychus. They ministered to Eutychus, right? God, through Paul, brought this young man back to life. And they celebrated the Lord's Supper together. This morning, we're going to take communion And there was a reason why I waited to the very end to take communion. I waited because we are a Eutychus. We are a Eutychus. And God doesn't want anyone left out. He doesn't want anyone left out. Because I'm going to be real, you're left out because you want to be left out, not because God left you out. You choose to be dead. You choose to be careless. You choose to stay asleep. Harsh reality. It's real. Let me tell you, God wants us to be awakened this morning. He doesn't want us to be careless. He's holding out. The Bible says he leaves the 99 to search for the one. God wants you to awaken this morning. He's holding out for that one to wake up. He's holding out for that one to restore. He's holding out for that one to, to come back to where they know they need to be. That's what he's waiting for. And that's why we waited to take communion because normally we come together and before worship, I mean after worship and, and then before the word we go and we say a prayer and we, we do this sometimes out of, out of uh, 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 religion, Right? or rituals and not a relationship, but I want to encourage each one of us, right, in the house and online today to, to come into a relationship with God, a real true relationship to God, right, to be awakened from the dead areas of our lives. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today, Lord Jesus, and you see our lives. You see what what sometimes some of us are in, in a complete mess and a disaster, Heavenly Father, Lord. We don't know if we're going right, left, straight, up, or down, but I pray right now, Lord, for clarity in the name of Jesus, Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you awaken us, Lord, in our dead areas and our dry areas, Heavenly Father. Lord, you say that you are the water of life, Heavenly Father, and I pray, Lord, that as we are consumed with your, your water, Lord, for the bread of life, Heavenly Father, that we are consumed consumed. consumed by you only, Lord. You know our hearts, Heavenly Father. You know the things that we've done, Lord. The things that we said, Lord. The things that we didn't do, Heavenly Father. And I pray right now, Lord, that you meet us right where we are at, Heavenly Father. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you forgive us of our sins, of our wrongdoings, Lord. Of our trespasses, Heavenly Father. Your word says that we confess you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, Lord. And this morning, Lord, we confess of our sins, Heavenly Father, Lord. We thank you for new starts, Heavenly Father. We thank you for second chances, Heavenly Father. I thank you for new life, Lord. I thank you for taking the old life away, Lord, and giving us a new life, Heavenly Father. I thank you for fresh starts in the name of Jesus, Lord. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are awakened, your church, Lord. You are awakened us as individuals, Lord, but you are awakening us as a corporate body, Heavenly Father. And I thank you, Heavenly Father, for that, Lord. Let us w- uh, walk in that awakeness, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord. Wake us up from our slumber today, Lord Jesus. Make us aware of the world around us, Heavenly Father, Lord. Make us keen to your spirit, Lord. Give us discernment. In Lord, of knowing what's right and what's wrong in the name of Jesus, Lord. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, that we can participate and communion together, Lord, with a clean slave, with a clean heart, Heavenly Father, knowing that you are faithful and just to give it to us. We thank you, Lord Jesus. If you can stand with me as we take communion. In your hands, you have the elements. You have the bread that represents the body of Christ. The body of Christ that took a whooping for us, right? The body of Christ that laid upon that cross, not because he had to, but because he wanted to, right? He laid there on that cross so you and I can have everlasting life, amen? Not so we can stay dead in our trespasses. He paid the ultimate price so we can live a life, right? That he wants us to live, Heavenly Father, right? Uh, He he bore the stripes that were meant for us. He did it so we could have everlasting life, right? Right? So we can be one, as we just sung about earlier, right? We can come to the Father and enter into heaven and enter in an everlasting relationship. This is where we're talking about, everlasting. Not now, right? right? We are living for everlasting. And that's accomplished through who? Christ's body. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your precious body that was put upon that cross. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for paying the ultimate price. I thank you for your sacrifice. I thank you for new life. I thank you you took the beating so I didn't have to. Lord, we do this not out of of religion, but we do it as a relationship with you. We do this in remembrance of you just like they did in Acts 20. I thank you for it. Can you touch on the juice?
1: So, Lord, we come before you this morning, and we thank you for your blood. We thank you for the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus. Yes, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that there is no multitude of sin that can separate us from you as long as we confess with our mouth and we believe in our hearts that you are Lord and that you died for our sins and that you make us new again, Lord. Yes, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the message this morning, Lord. I thank you for your word, and I thank you, Lord, for the promise, Lord, that that you love us, that you love us, Lord. You love us so much, Lord, to use our pastor, Lord, to give him a word, Father God, to embed it in his heart, Lord, to dig it in his soul, Lord Jesus, to remind us, Lord, that the areas that are dead in our life need to be, Renewed and awakened to your spirit, Father God. So right now, Lord, we just ask that your blood would cleanse us, that would awaken us, Lord. Yes, Lord. Awaken the areas in our lives, Lord, that desperately need a touch of you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, Lord, for the sacrifice that you did on the cross. We are forever indebted to you, but all you ask for return. Is our commitment and our devotion you, to lord. you lord so today lord we commit our lives we devote ourselves or to relationship with you yeah. in jesus amen
0: thank you lord thank you heavenly father for dying upon the cross thank you for ra- rising three days later Thank you, Heavenly Father, for being seated on the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. Lord, I pray that that encourages us this week, Lord, that we don't go back to the graveyard, to the cemeteries of our life that are dead, that are decaying, that are rotten. But I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, that you will start bringing beauty through the ashes, start bringing life to dry bones, Lord, you you bring water to the thirsty. Make us thirsty this week, Lord. You gave us the warning, Heavenly Father, figuratively in the life of Eutychus. I pray, Heavenly Father, that as we leave this place, Lord, that we don't go back to our old way, but we go to a new way. Press yourself upon our hearts this week, I pray. Allow us to be intentional in certain areas you want us to be intentional at. And allow you to get the praise and glory in and through our lives. Protect us. Keep us safe this week. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen. God bless you, church. If you need prayer, come on up. If not, God bless you. We'll see you next week.